You're listening to the newest episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life with your host, Kim Olver. Hi, this is Kim Olver, and today I have a very special guest that's going to be talking with me and with you about the psychology of success. His name is Dr. Nastrola Navid, and his friends call him Nasty. That's what I call him. He's been my friend now for, I don't know, about a year and a half, and I'm really excited to listen to what he has to say. He's a very accomplished physician from Iran. He's a businessman. He's now in the United States doing a residency in psychiatry. So he's going to talk with us today, like I said, about the psychology of success. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Kim. Uh, Hi, good evening. Thank you for inviting me to your amazing program. I know that uh, choice theory, we're going to talk about it. And as you said, uh, life is full of great choices. And if we just be aware and mindful of our choices, we can get to whatever we want. And especially happiness that comes with the success that we will talk more about it. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks so much for being here, Nancy. I know you're in the United States. It's not the country that you were born in or that you've been living in for very long. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your story and your history and how you got to be here? Uh, Yes, thanks for asking. Everything in my life was working very fine and life was very good until the age of 14. I grew up in a very loving and tight-knit family. You know, in Middle East, uh, there's a lot of collective culture and uh, I lived with my extended family in one apartment building. Like my grandfather, grandmother was the first floor. We were the second floor and all my other aunts were uh, on other floors. And I, basically I was growing up with 10, 12 of my cousin. And we had the best of times together. And everything was fine until the age of 14 when I lost my dad in a car accident. And as I was grieving and I was feeling, feeling terrible at the time, as a teenager, everybody came to me and said uh, that you are the man of the house. And as I didn't know what it means, what it entails, but I stood up to the challenge, like after four or five months, and I started working to help my mom making the ends meet and studying diligently at the same time to make my family proud and my dad's memory proud. And I got to the best medical school in Iran, Tehran Medical School. And I went there and I finished up with a combined joint program, MD and PH. I got the Master of Public Health at the same time. Before my dad died, he had a business and just one year prior, he he went bankrupt. So he left us with a huge amount of debt. My mom took it till the end of medical school, but uh, she couldn't retire. So I didn't go to residency in Iran. I went into business while doing some evening shift at addiction withdrawal clinic. So it was totally a shift for me from academic setting to a business setting. I'm just saying all of this to depict when you know the psychology of success, when you know what other people that have gone through the same amount of hardships and the same amount of challenges, and uh, they came out strong, they came out accomplished, they came out fulfilled. When you study those, which I studied, no matter what life throws at you, you can get back on your feet and start all over again. So I entered business world and I got an MBA on the way. I bootstrapped three businesses, three companies for myself. And I was a consultant to 22 other companies in five years. In 2015, I won the green card lottery for the U.S. So I came here 
And I started from scratch. I took the USMLE exams. And again, I went through two years of preparing for myself for getting into a psychiatry residency, which I am now. But a very interesting story is the, is the part that uh, when I was 15, just after my dad's death, I was, I was going to English classes in the afternoon after my classes. And one of my English teachers at that institute, I, I, I told him that I know English grammar, I know English vocabulary, but I cannot talk. I'm not fluent. I cannot speak. I cannot speak fluently. And so he gave me uh, some points. And besides, he gave me a set of uh, tapes. Uh, we, we didn't have CD at the time. We, it was like 30, <laughs> 90, 90 minutes, the tapes. And... I came home, he said, uh, listen to this guy, he's very good, he's very fast, he talks very fast, but if you listen to him, if, if you jot down the words that you don't know and you grab the idea and you go and look, it, look, look up the words, go and again and again and listen to him until, and as there is no coincidence in life, that guy was Tony Robbins. So at the age of 15, at, and, and you know what, I, I, I got my notebook and, and I was writing the words, but uh, like after listening to him, like after 10 minutes, I, I, I was just so amazed and I was so into his words that I forgot that I was there to, uh, to, to learn English. And he talked about whatever a human being has done, if you study them, if you ask questions about their life and whatever they've done, if you don't have any kind of disability to do the exact thing that they are doing, if you follow their path, if you follow their success principles that they're doing, you can get the amount of success that you, uh, you, you can. And he introduced uh, another a book about Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, and that he studied like the most successful businessman at the same time, at that time. And he found like 17 principles that all those people had. And uh, I studied uh, studying at the... Uh, what we say psychology of success why psychology because psychology is all about describing observing and giving explanation for the behaviors that people have and as we talk about in choice theory what we do every day is a behavior and behavior is a total behavior it entails four parts which is thinking action physiology and feeling which we have direct control on the thinking and action part so if we know what successful people think, how they think, what is different about their thinking process and what they do, we can definitely get what they get. So that's the basis of psychology of success. So I started studying and reading and studying and reading. I really read every day. I was introduced to Jim Rohn, to Tony Robbins, to Dennis Waitley and all those great people. And they talked about success principles. And as I said, uh, these people have already studied high achievers and they come up with the success principles and I follow them. And no matter what, is it in Iran or is it in the US? Is it in medicine? Is it in psychiatry? Is it in business? No matter what, I know the success principles and we can talk about it. That's the basis of the talk that I, I want to discuss with you today. All right. I just want to get it straight. You said you have a master's in public health you have an MBA, and you're a medical doctor. Yes. So, and my game in the U.S. just started, you know, I'm just getting psychiatry residency, and hopefully after that I get a fellowship. It's interesting, for psychiatry residency, they ask, like, where do you see yourself in five years? 
And <laughs> I don't know because, you know, five years ago, I was doing totally different things and I was a totally different person. And now I'm in the U.S. and my goals and my aspirations change over time. So it's interesting what life brings about all at the time. So you talked about success principles. It reminds me of the book by the same name, Success Principles. Have you read Jack Canfield's book? Yes. That was one of the first books I read when I started my business. And then, of course, there's um, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. That was out in the 90s. And I remember when I read that book, I thought, this guy, Stephen Covey, I think he must know choice theory. And yes, I don't, I don't exactly. No, but anyway, you've talked about these success principles. Can you give our list? Oh, before you do that, I wanted to ask, just for the sake of our listeners, would you mind sharing how old you are? Because that's quite remarkable to me, your age and all the things you've you've accomplished up until this point. I give you the age, but I will tell you the story after that. So. I'm 36 now, but one of my patients, once he started saying that I do this, I do that, I do this, I do that. And I just looked at him and said, uh, sir, can I ask how old are you? And he suddenly like get back at me. You mean how young I am? <laughs> I said, okay, how young are you? He said, I'm 21. And obviously he wasn't 21. And he just looked at me and I, I was like in awe and I, I didn't know what to say. He said, I've been 21 for the last 42 years now <laughs> and he said oh okay he said yeah I'm 63 but remember in my heart and in my mind I'm 21 if you want to stay strong and to stay young and to always uh, enjoy life remember that you're 21 he started like telling me that practice I said okay I am 21 for the last 15 years I mean 21 21 <laughs> <laughs> I, I always celebrate the whatever anniversary of my 21st birthday when I have a birthday. Yes. Yeah, yeah I, I used to do that quite a bit. I've kind of stopped that, but I should maybe I should get back to it. I feel like I, my brain is somewhere arrested at about 25 years old. I keep thinking I'm 25 for some reason, and my children are in their 30s, so I'm not quite sure how that actually works. <laughs> maybe I'm, backwards, I'm not quite sure. But... Uh, could you share with us some of the success principles that you've noticed that you follow and put to use? One of the major success principles that I found out is that if you can dream it, you can do it. Anything like uh, one of the major things that in psychology of success happened in the last millennium in the 90s, they found out that the human brain cannot distinguish between the reality and a well-described and well-detailed image of something. If you have a mental image of something that is very detailed and you put every detail into it, like a, like a video, like a film that you have of your life in the future, your mind cannot distinguish between reality and that film. That's why when you, sometimes when you're sleeping, when you're having a vivid dream, especially if you are not in a REM sleep, you can start jumping around and then you wake up and you find out that you were sleeping. This is this quote from uh, Walt Disney that if you can dream it, you can do it. Whatever I want to do, I don't go out of the house. I don't do any, I just, just sit in the sofa and I just start having a mental picture of what I want to be. This is the exact thing that Stephen Covey said in his second principle, begin with the end in mind. Whenever, as you said, whenever you go, all those greats, Stephen Covey, Jack Canfield, Jim Rohn, all of them, 
talk about having a very vivid image and mental image of what you want to achieve and what does success, what does happiness, what does fulfillment, what does whatever, your love life, whatever looks like to you. If you can see the exact images and the exact video, exact uh, motion picture in your mind with great details, even the smell, even the sound, even the colors, If you have that quality picture for yourself, quality picture, I think it's not just the things that happen to you. You can start having the new quality pictures in your mind and dream it uh, based on the things that you always dreamed, based on the values that you have in life, based on all the aspirations that you have. And based on that mental image, you can start goal setting to change that uh, dream to some tangible. You can jot down like whatever you want, whatever that happiness feels like to you, whatever the different factors that may get you there. And based on that goal setting, you can start planning the daily routine and to-do list. In business, they say plan your business and then business your plan. It means that do the goal setting, do the steps, plan on achieving them. And then tomorrow morning, get busy with executing that plan and prioritize and don't do anything else until you've done the major steps that gets you to your goals. When all of your goals are achieved, you're there. You're at your dream. That's great. I know that I don't remember when it was that the secret actually came out, but I know that there was this idea that if you could imagine it, it could just happen for you. And there wasn't a lot of talk about the actual goal setting and doing the work. I wonder what you could say about how effective it would be to just sit on the sofa and dream about what you want to be without actually taking steps in that direction. Do you think that that's an effective way to build success? The thing about secret is that it didn't talk about the steps and action and actually getting to action. So I do that to exactly know where I'm going. And from that mental image, I get the motivation. When I get the motivation, that's the fuel of my dreams, of uh, the engine that I want to do it. So you get the fuel, you get the energy from your mental images and uh, happy feeling, the good feeling that you get from your quality world. But the thing that gets you there is not sitting on the sofa, is going there and businessing your plan. Get busy with your plan and taking those steps. I've heard the expression, plan your work and work your plan. Yes. It's like a similar expression when you're using. What are some goals that you've had that you have come to realize that you would like to share with us? One of the goals that I've always had is have a balanced life. One of the major points I've seen, like people in this contemporary world, that you have to find a niche in order to be successful and making good money and have a a successful and happy life. But at the same time, to me, having a balanced life is the new success and being happy is the new success. In Tao Te Ching, one of the oldest spiritual words in the world, it says there is no way to happiness. Happiness is the way. One of the major goals of me is that being happy all the time. That is one of the distinctions between success and happiness is that success sometimes is the external label that the society and the community puts on you based on the norms that is described in that special community. And usually it comes down to being successful with financial matters. 
as you know, we have a lot of rich, on the surface, successful people that they are not satisfied with their life. We've heard too many stories. We have a lot of rich people that they're happy at the same time. And on the other hand, we have so many happy people that they're not successful based on the social norms, that they, they're not rich, but they're happy with their family, with their love life. So to me, not just being successful, but being happy and success and make a success of myself. So that's my new goal. And it's always a challenge, a day-to-day challenge that you have to be careful about. Be balanced at all of your five needs that we talk about in choice theory. Especially for me, because I'm a power and significance kind of guy. So my highest need is power and significance. And as you said, that one of the major implications of that is education. Power, like that, that's why I have, as you said, like I try to get more degrees it satisfies my significance and power. But at the same time, 10 years ago, I used to be kind of guy that when I got to the power mode, when I got the significance mode, I thought that I'm successful, but I wasn't happy. That's why I wasn't balanced at the time. When I got introduced to choice theory, it was an aha moment for me. Right away, I knew what's missing in my life. Because a lot of times I went to the extreme, like for example, uh, to, as I was like studying for medicine and master of public health at the same time, I had to be ready for the medical exams and I had to be ready for the master of public health exam. It took me like maybe I didn't sleep for three days. I was just studying, I was just drinking coffee and everything. So I didn't take care of the survival mode of me and I crashed and I thought that everybody's doing it so it's normal. I didn't care about my survival mode. I didn't care about my love life with my family, with my friends. I forced myself to do things. So I went against my freedom and my autonomy need as well. Right now, especially now, it's the first month of 2020. It's really important for me when I do goal setting every year, based on my five years and 10 years goal, when I do goal setting, I always put some goals regarding my other needs as well especially my love and belonging, because I know this is something you have to take time for, to be responding to other people's love, your friends and families and your love life. You have to invest in your love and belonging and connection needs. That's awesome. You know, my podcast last week was all about setting goals in a well-rounded area of your life. And I talked about setting goals for each of the needs. So it's funny that you bring that up now. It seems to be a theme that's running through the January shows is about being successful and what success really looks like. And I think people need to define that for themselves because you mentioned success is something that is put on us by outside people and they decide, well, are you successful or are you not? I know that I have a person that works with me and we have a mutual acquaintance And that mutual acquaintance asked the woman that works with me, so have you been to Kim's house? Does she live in a really big house? And the woman kind of chuckled because I don't live in a big house. And I really, I don't want to live in a big house. I like being in the house that I'm in. So this woman had an external view of me as a successful person and assumed that a successful person would be living in a big house. But for me, success is about having the important people in my life around me and being able to travel and do the things that I like to do. And that for me is success. And I feel like a very wealthy woman, even though my bank account may not be in line with that vision. I feel very wealthy because I have friendships all around the world and I get to travel 
lots of places that I never even knew I wanted to go to. I think each of us can decide what success means for ourselves and then move in that direction no matter what the culture or society says is success. Sometimes. Uh, uh, sorry to interrupt. There's a very great quote by Jim Rohn. He says that success is not something you pursue. Success is something you get by becoming a successful person. You have to become a success. People usually are pursuing success. I think, as you said, working on the things that matters to you and invest and take time and immerse yourself into doing neat, satisfying things for the people that you like. And I know this is one of your books, a neat, satisfying relationship with yourself. I think if you are a neat, satisfying person for yourself, as you said, that you feel happy and successful right now in your life. It's not having a big house. It's those things that it's important to you. Right. And, you know, when you were talking about those trappings of success, you were talking about driving the right car, being in the right house, wearing the right clothes, that kind of thing. I know people who want to be successful so badly that they spend money they don't really have on having those outside symbols of success. And they end up in big trouble because their bank accounts won't support the things that they buy that they so desperately want to look successful. It's like an illusion they're creating. Or maybe they're trying to get there the way that you talk about in terms of having an image of what they want, only they're going a little further than the image and trying to make it a reality maybe before it's time. What would you say about something like that? What would you say to someone who might be thinking about going down that path? Unfortunately, as you said, this is something, especially with the emergence of social media, especially like Instagram and Facebook. And it's like we come from a background of we've seen the world without technology and with technology. And right now, I think that part of technology is turning against us, trying hard. And we are selling our time to get money, to earn the money, to impress the people that they don't care about us. And we spend all those time that could be spent with the loved one or spent on a book, on a trip, on a good relationship, a one hour talk with a friend to earn money, to impress people that obviously they are busy on their own life as well. Once we get older, we just realize that it was what everybody went their different path. And right now we are left alone looking back at the legacy that after 10 years, 20 years that we have right now in our life. And we are not content with that. I think teaching choice theory and especially talking about the five basic needs that we have and how to set goals and balance those goals based on that is really important in this because in 80s and 90s and the first decade of 2000 i think especially in the us they took a lot of success principles and classes and conferences and making get rich quick schemes and everything that got people into sacrificing their time on just to get uh, financial means to impress other people but right now i think the whole society is getting more mature in a way that success is not enough to be happy being happy and successful at the same time that's a that's a real task do you have a sense of something universal that creates happiness or is that a very individual thing i have a theory that all of us are connected to each other like we are all cells of one body if you get one cell of my liver in medicine we call that hepatocyte 
if you look at that hepatocyte and we ask that hepatocyte, what do you do? It talks about I detoxify, blood, blah, blah, blah. And if you say that, do you know NASI? The cell says, who the hell is NASI? <laughs> and, and that cell doesn't know me. If you take one of the cells of the bottom of my feet and they say, what do you do? It said, I don't know. We just go under so much pressure and then we come out and sometimes there is light, sometimes there is darkness. But we don't know. We don't know what's life philosophy and what are we doing here. He said, do you know Nasi? He said, who the hell is Nasi? He said, he's so appreciative of you. You are the reason that he's going places and you're carrying him. That's the thing. I think all of us are different cells of one body. And as we see like in illnesses, like in cancer, it takes just one human being to be selfish enough to say that I want all the success and all the resources of the world to damage the whole body and cause harm to the whole system. So I have this philosophy that success and happiness is not something that I can pursue for myself without people around me, my immediate family, my friends and my neighbors and my community and my society. And I've sensed that as long as I'm working on myself to become a better person, I can lend a hand to help all those people around me to enjoy the success altogether. Because if you reach a level of success and happiness and the people that most matter to you, they're not successful, they're not happy, it doesn't make a sense. You heard the saying that it's lonely at the top. If it's lonely at the top, come down from the mountain and start looking for people and start taking those people with you to the mountain. I love that. So success isn't just about materialistic things. It's about finding joy in your life and sharing it with those people that are important to you. Giving back and paid forward. I really love the saying paid forward. I'm here because of thousands of people who helped me. Every person in my life contributed to my thinking, to my philosophy, to my better understanding. All those teachers, all my friends from elementary school to high school, all my medical school friends, all my patients, all my encounters, all the books I read, everything. I'm very appreciative of all of them. And I have, not I have to, but I think it's better for the whole human race that if you stop being selfish and just want to have, that's the, that's the work of ego, that we want everything for ourselves. But at the end of our journey in life, we just look at life and we think that we could have paid back better and we would felt much more content at that stage. Great. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and ideas with us. I think people really will get a lot out of it. I know I have, and I really appreciate you. And I wanted to know if people are wanting to get a hold of you to maybe ask you some questions, or I know you do some coaching. Maybe they would want to hire you as their coach. How can people get in touch with you? Thank you. Thank you for your very good program. I've learned so much from you, Kim, and you know that you're my mentor and friend. And I really, really feel grateful after like one basic training that we did in Chicago. Uh, you've been such a good friend. And it was like a fresh start for me because I came from Iran and I was looking for a way to expand my knowledge about choice theory. So right now, because all of the things that is going with my psychiatry residency, I only work with the Academy of Choice. I have the email of NASI, N-A-S-S-I at academyofchoice.com. I would love to get in touch with anybody who is struggling between success, happiness, and a balanced life. This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices 
Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at www.therelationshipcenter.biz forward slash podcast and remember to subscribe.